Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rashes World to this episode. And we have a very special guest today, Rebecca Silence. How are you doing? I am so well. Thank you for having me. And hello, everyone. Thanks so much. So uh, one thing I'd like to do with everyone here, with all my guests, is to briefly introduce themselves. And I'm really curious to see how you're going to introduce yourself and what you're going <laughs> to focus on. So what would you say? Right. Anything. There's no, nothing is off limits. So how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I am Rebecca Silence, and I am the space where all healing is possible for people. I'm an emotional healing and relationship coach, author of Coming Back to Life, and a media personality. I was blessed to be named in 2022 the world's top emotional health coach. And, you know, not only am I a space where all healing is possible, I believe it's possible for all of us. That doesn't mean it's promised. But it is possible if we'll commit and if we'll be brave enough to exit survival and step into truly living. I love it. Yeah, wonderful. And your book is uh, Coming Back to Life, A Roadmap to Healing from Pain to Create the Life You Want. Um, and uh, you also have a course, an emotional survival kit course yeah. as well. So yeah. Uh, yeah. as you're saying, the word healing is there, but there's also pain. And uh, they, the two go together uh, somehow, hand in hand. And there's a lot of things that I want to dive into that you mentioned yeah. in your book. But uh, it's a true story and it's trauma recovery. So what would you say? What are some things that you want to share with us from your experience? And by the way, I love the term roadmap because it's also uh, guiding us towards it. But it's also based in uh, various forms on personal experience. So yeah. what would you like to talk about here? Sure. So the, the purpose of so much of my story being included in both Coming Back to Life, the book, and in my Emotional Survival Kit course is to help people connect to their story. We've all got patterns, and I've not ever met anyone fully immune to trauma, right? And I think we get in trouble when we compare and contrast, but the bottom line is We've all been heartbroken. We've all been frozen in fear and had an experience of becoming who we thought we needed to be to survive. And that doesn't have to be how we live. I think a great indication that healing is possible for you and maybe even needed for you is if anything hurts. If you feel like you're in any type of a stress response or anything just feels heavy and painful, there's an opportunity for healing and that's not the same for everyone. So I talk about a roadmap to healing because I want you to have your own roadmap. I'm not the coach that says I have the way. I'm the coach that says your inner healer is the hero in your story that you've been waiting for. You are the one you've been waiting for. And let's unlock a path to following your yes and to stepping into life as the fully expressed adult, not the unhealed, wounded inner child in reactivity and in survival, right? And then the last thing I'll say here is that, you know, when we own and accept that we've been living in survival unnecessarily. That does not mean it's time to beat yourself up more. This awareness is not more information to use as ammunition against yourself. It's an opening into so much possibility. And there's not a right or a wrong way to live or a right or a wrong way to heal. And again, healing is possible. It's not promised, but it is inevitable when you'll be brave enough to break up with survival. And 
And then what I do like to normalize is that as we let go of our survival self or survival personality, it quite literally can feel like you're going to die or even like you are dying. And that's been the case for me. When I've addressed past pain and trauma, when I've addressed what isn't working anymore about how I'm living, not about the external, it can feel like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And that's been so true for so many of my clients over the years. And what I can promise you is you're not going to die. You're reborn as long as you're committed to fully living and not to survival in the pain. Yeah, I, I love it. There's so much I want to talk about too, as, as you're talking about these experiences. It's wonderful. One thing you mentioned in your book is the struggle is your solution. And that here, the suffering and the struggle is also a gateway to your freedom. And I love those quotes because that's exactly it. And I think it's like many people try to either shun suffering. I mean, it's there when it's there, when you can't avoid it. Um, and they shun anxiety and they try to self-medicate. They try to escape it and so on. And I think that's actually a real opportunity to get stronger, to learn from it, because uh, we have to face it. We cannot escape suffering. Suffering will always find us one way or another. And uh, just again, as you mentioned, it's not here. We shouldn't compare and contrast. I suffer more than you do. And that kind of it's kind of like in, in a way, it's kind of like a, a childish way of saying like, well, my suffering is worth more than your suffering. We all do. And we all do. And it's really important to to accept that and to face it. But that's also an opportunity. And what you're saying here is uh, I think that's wonderful because my own experience was I've learned the most when I was suffering. When I was in my comfort mm -hmm. zone, when everything was going fine, there was zero learning, zero growth there. And it's, again, the world resilience comes from having overcome or having dealt with suffering. That's why you become resilient and stronger. So uh, again, that's, that's again, quite, quite fascinating. So what would you say for people who are trying to avoid that, who are yeah. self-medicating, who are looking, I mean, getting yeah. support is important, but they're trying yeah. to escape the pain and, and fear and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can escape our pain if we will heal. And I think depression, anxiety, and suffering, they're all indications that you've somehow abandoned and betrayed your truth. So let's think about depression and anxiety and suffering, not as diagnoses and absolutes that are inevitable that we have to live with. But once you've, once you've awoken to the frustration, let's just call it of anxiety, depression, suffering, even just stress, you have within you the strength and the possibility to live beyond those things. And again, anxiety, it's just an indication that you're rejecting your own truth. Depression, it's just an indication that you're depressing your own truth. Suffering is an indication that you're out of alignment with your soul. And I've got two kids. I've actually got three. I'm the proud step parent of my husband's oldest as well. So I have three kids. And, you know, especially as parents, we don't want our children to suffer like we did. But we we don't benefit our children by telling them, oh, don't suffer. You don't have to suffer. We benefit our children by modeling transmuting and expanding beyond suffering. So I don't want us to think that as adults, suffering is inevitable, but there is this, 
you know, existential crisis, this existential opportunity to become who we always were and who we wanted to be and to escape the shackles of telling ourselves who we should be in the name of love, who we should be in the name of, of validating and honoring our family of origin or how we've been living. So self-betrayal, abandoning your truth in the name of love, it's actually the opposite of love. But we're not trained and it's not normalized around the world, especially not in the United States, and I'm sure not in Canada either, to be brave enough to live our truth and to let the chips fall. And my book is about, you know, you are more powerful than anything you've survived until this point. You are more powerful than any circumstance and you are certainly more powerful than suffering. And instead of facing it, you are absolutely right. We do tend to, and I'm no stranger to this, do anything but face the pain, face the suffering, face the, the part of us that has chosen a path out of alignment with our soul. And that's what it is. There's so much we don't have control over, but there's so much we do. And so if you're suffering, I am not the positivity coach and I am not the positivity police. I'm not here to say, be more positive. I'm here to say, screw that. But there is possibility. Yeah. Right. Don't worry about being positive. Let's face it, whatever it is, because if you don't, if you for me, it was eating disorders, it was drinking too much. It was selling out so that I had an illusion of being enough and, and being loved in so many different ways. And none of that healed me or had me anything but in a self-destructive, slow spiritual death cycle. Right. So you Letting your life be yours and mastering your emotions so that your life can be yours. It's a possibility and it's available to you. Mm -hmm. What's really important is really honesty, being honest and upfront with yourself. Your, your book is like no holds barred. You talk about everything. It's candid, honest. And that is very, very important to look at yourself, not how you would like to see yourself, but how you are. But then even that is often limited because then you find there's so much more to yourself that you didn't see because you had, again, limiting views. And just as you were saying about positivity, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, forget about positivity. People are obsessed with it or with happiness. And I think it's just like, just take it slow one day at a time and really find things that you enjoy and connect with that and connect with who you are. And so just to give you an example for me, like when there's an obstacle or there's an issue or a problem, I would freak out and I would be scared because in, deep inside, I thought I would not be able to handle it. And now just through a, a shift of like understanding and connecting with myself, I'm more curious about it. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Let's see how I'm going to deal with this issue. And that is, I think, what growth is and not shunning those opportunities for growth and of showing yourself because each of us is so unique. And the way I would handle a situation is completely different from anyone else. And I shouldn't follow what everyone else is doing because how would I deal with this situation? Absolutely. What would work for you? And, you know, I, I am no stranger to trauma, as we've alluded to here. But if you don't know me yet, and if you haven't read the book yet, I mean, we're talking severe childhood sexual abuse and trauma. We're talking eating disorders for years and me being suicidal starting in my teenage years 
over and over again to the point where I was on antidepressants. I was almost hospitalized. Then my first marriage was a domestic violence marriage. Then I thought I had it all figured out. I had a booming business. I've got degrees as a music therapist, as a counselor, and I have a private life coaching practice. And I thought I had beat my past. And then I'm pregnant with my second child and I have a 5% chance to live getting diagnosed with cancer while I'm pregnant with her. And, you know, it, it isn't about me sharing all this to say, whoa, I want your sympathy. It, it's me saying, if I can heal, so can you. And if my story and my past can give you permission to outwit, outsmart, outlast yours so that you can have freedom, then, oh my God, has it all been worth it? And there is possibility and there's not, again, the right way. There's not what you should do. There's what, what works for you and what doesn't. And when you're in any type of suffering, you're living in a way that's out of alignment with your soul's truth. And my work is also a roadmap to spiritual wellness because I got so connected to me I was able to so clearly see very quickly what wasn't me to the point where one of the biggest, bravest, I think most life-changing decisions I've ever made was quitting chemo while there was no other treatment available. And I don't advocate for other people with a cancer diagnosis or a difficult diagnosis to quit treatment. I just knew for me, it wasn't right anymore. It was until it wasn't. And you know, we've got to be brave enough to, to get so connected to our truth that every choice we make, we can stand behind. And it's not all going to work. It's not all going to be perfect, but at least I was taking control over my life and no longer trying to control the external for some illusion of security that it, it, it's just never going to be there. Yeah, and I just think you have the 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 line, the truths that shall set you free, and that kind of I, I I it resonates with me, especially when you're really representing the truth of of who you are, and again being completely honest, not being led astray by by wishful thinking, by positive thinking as well. I think it's yeah. like it's tough, it's hard, and often people forget that or they don't want to put in the effort. But it's it's so worth it. It's so worth it to go through that tunnel to to get out to. The the other side. And I think I would encourage people to not feel stuck or not feel overwhelmed, to get support they need, but also to face those those demons that we carry within us. And uh, that's, that's definitely something that's really worked for me where it's a, a, a kind of being guided by the uh, what you call you called your internal guidance system, uh, the intuition. Yeah. And yeah. somehow and again, I, I like how you, you're pointing out this is again, individually different. We have to keep that in mind. What might work for me might not work for you and vice versa. But there is that intuition. And I think that probably told you, you were going to be fine. You need to take this path. And once you do, you realize it's it's for the best. Absolutely. And I love your word, honesty. And you can just start with being honest about what's not working. And if you know what isn't working, you can just take out a journal and write down, all right, here are the things that aren't working. What would be the opposite? Or what do I desire? I think it's so easy to focus on the problem, to focus on the pain and to focus on what's not working. And that can be overwhelming. And if you find yourself overwhelmed, use that as a metric to launch your 
yourself into an experience of life that feels even just a little bit better. We're not going to solve it all in an instant, but between every exercise at the end of every chapter in coming back to life and every exercise in the workbook that you get when you also buy my course, the Emotional Survival Kit, between these two products, you have everything you need in a matter of hours to set yourself free and to know yourself better than you've ever known yourself before. And I guarantee you'll be so much more clear and so much more grounded and so much more guided, you know, between just one of these products, not just the combination of the two. But but what I want to say is you are not destined to suffer. You are destined to experience the best that life has to offer. And when we've been through trauma, I think we stop trusting when it feels good. There's this you know, epidemic of waiting for the other shoe to drop or even worse, believing we don't deserve the good somehow because of our own flawed humanity. But again, your kids are watching your communities, your teams, they're watching and you modeling trailblazing beyond survival and stuck in suffering and deciding that you're going to live like you're going to live fully for the rest of your life. I beat cancer, not because I quit chemo, but because I decided there was no other option than to live the fullest quality of life experience I could in the time I had left. And so many people are living in on autopilot and myself included for the longest time where things are just agreeable or nice or they're so-so. And I think life is really a joy. And I like the idea of not just surviving, but thriving and taking a step yeah. further and enjoying every process, every moment of it. And, and and often we are we are scared. We are scared of our feelings. We're scared of opening up. We're scared of being vulnerable. We We have this concept that we are or have to be perfect at all times. And either one of those things is really doing us much damage because we are not. But that's not a bad thing because then that means we can strive for it and we can get to uh, something that makes us more satisfied, happier. And perhaps perfection would not make us happy, but we want to take it in a different direction. And I think emotions are really, really important. When we talk about also the mindset, too much focus on just the way of thinking but it's connected to the emotions and often it's the underlying motive for those thoughts. So once you get to the core and root issue, which comes from emotion, once you change that, you don't have to worry about changing your mind or habits or behavior. Absolutely. And I think mindset is actually last, but we live in a culture that prioritizes mindset and mindset and strategy is not enough. I couldn't agree with you more to change patterns and to change, especially pain patterns. So the the difference between, let's just talk about the difference between feelings and emotions, because people have them categorized together and they're not the same. The feelings that you have about what's going on externally, you've learned. You weren't born knowing how to be rejected or abandoned or jealous or betrayed or, you know, whatever it is that you're experiencing, disrespected, misunderstood, um, you know, cheated, minimized, whatever these feelings are, they were modeled to you and you learned you could experience them, but they're not natural. They're coping mechanisms. The feelings and what we want to feel that will actually heal you are the stuck emotions underneath the feelings about the external. 
There's a difference between feelings about circumstances and what's going on externally and the emotions that we are naturally never going to not feel. They are human. They are part of the human experience. And the five I teach, I think in Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, there's over 80 emotions. Like talk about overwhelming. And I love and respect Brene's work. This is not to disrespect her or her work. But I think part of the problem with the conversation when it comes to emotions is it's so complicated. So I've done my best with the practice of emotional healing to make it simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. But what if there are only five emotions for all of you listening that actually matter that we need to get to so we can feel to heal so we can release them and then the external is different. So here's what those five emotions are. Anger, grief, fear, joy, and excitement. Anger, fear, grief, joy, and excitement. And in chapter two of the book and throughout the entire emotional survival kit course, I teach so much about how to know which emotion you're really up against. And these emotions, they surface because we don't have a healthy relationship with them yet. It's not that life's happening to you or for you. It's just life being life. And when we have stuck emotions, life gives us a lot of opportunity to have a healthier relationship with these emotions. And I could say so much about this, but what I'll leave us with here is when we were babies, we weren't threatened by anger, fear, grief, joy, or excitement. We ate when we needed to eat. We felt what we needed to feel. We weren't questioning ourselves. It wasn't a threat. In the human experience, we have emotional weather and it, it doesn't have to mean less of a life because I have emotional healing work to do in a moment. The emotional healing work is the gateway to more life and to thriving, as you talked about earlier. And when it surfaces and we shut it down and stuff it down, that's emotional cancer that we're inviting to stay in our system and, and our cells become toxic with these stuck emotions. And we focus on our feelings about what's happening instead of, wait, what's the emotion underneath it that if I would just be brave enough to feel it and release it, I would have so much clarity. So that in a nutshell is the practice of emotional healing. And it's not easy, but it is simple. Yeah, I love that. There's a difference again between easy and simple. And I completely agree with you. It's it's actually very, very simple, but it will take a lot of effort. But I think it's like also instead of searching for positivity, I think what we need to do often is reducing negativity. So when when we see things like in a dark space, it's because we're wearing shades, we're wearing sunglasses and everything looks dark around here. But once you remove that and really see things how they are, like life is a miracle. Our existence is a miracle. Our, our again, love is, is, is so overwhelming and so beautiful. Nature and just looking around this moment, everything is, is so wonderful. But it's just because we're wearing those dark shades and we're feeling this pressure on ourselves, which is often comes again from trauma. But we have a way of overcoming and realizing that it's it's not it's not us it's it's not who we really are, but it's something that we can check and like a heavy backpack with rocks just you can you can take it off. It's gonna yeah. take effort to do that, but once you do, you feel lighter, and then you will go towards positivity naturally. You don't even have to push yourself. It's that's where you would end up, and I think that is really our goal in life: to be positive, to search the light to be happy, to enjoy every single moment we have. 
Yeah. Well, and I think ultimately getting to the point where you remember you have free will and agency and you're free to choose, right? Like we're not little kids anymore, you know, going to get in trouble if we rebel against the expectations of our parents. And you deserve to surround yourself with a support system that wants you to win, that speaks to your greatness and who you really are, not who you became to survive. And I think part of the problem is we're very comfortable with the sunglasses on. And one of the tools in my emotional survival kit is sunglasses because I want us to understand we're comfortable in the dark. We know we can survive what we've survived. I remember in my my second marriage here when I was first with my husband being so confronted the first night I spent with him, I didn't know what to do with an equal. I was really good at being a victim to abusive men. And I knew how to do that. And there was power there. And I just want to say the darkness is real, but so is the light. But in most cases, we trust the dark more than the light and we're comfortable there. And I hope I'm making this really gross for all of you, right? Because it's not a way to live. And then the second thing I'd love to speak to here is we don't need to wait for crisis. And then we'll be astonished at the beauty and the miracle of what it means to be alive. But so many people, they don't think it's bad enough yet. They don't think it hurts enough yet. They they think too much is at stake. If I risk getting honest, in many cases, you know, my private clients, they're high functioning. They're very successful already. And they're frustrated because they're unfulfilled and they don't want to lose what they've already created. But whatever it is in Pandora's box, we don't need to wait for a crisis. We don't need to let things get worse and then we'll go there. Or worse, we don't need to die not having addressed all these things that all we need to do is turn on the light. Things look different in the light than they do in the dark. And whatever's in there, I promise you, your triggers, they're already running your life. What's in Pandora's box that you haven't dealt with, it's already running and maybe even ruining your life, even with the successes that you're afraid to lose. And I love the idea of let's see what happens. Let's see what's still here when you're brave enough to make your life yours and no longer settle. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the the analogy of the uh, sunglasses again. The thing is also that makes it complicated is because everybody else is wearing sunglasses too. So right. we're just, it's so like, we connect with it, we see it as normal. But that's again where authenticity comes into play and where you stand out and you say, I'm just gonna, I don't feel comfortable being in the dark. I don't feel comfortable with these shades on. I'm gonna take them off. And I don't really care what others will think of me or say about me. And often we're wrong. It's distorted. The, the, the mirror we have in front of us is often distorted. It's actually not seeing things clearly. And uh, once we do that, that is liberating. That is freeing. And we can serve as a model for others. And then it spreads and uh, the light spreads and clarity and truth and so on. But it's us. It's, again, our responsibility to take that first step, whatever that is. Well, yeah, and it isn't just the sunglasses, right? It's our woundedness glasses, right? That justify our behavior that maybe we're not proud of. And and we do live in a world that normalizes, you know, there is trauma and our trauma story is, is justified. Bad behavior is justified in our culture because we all understand, you know, how hard life is growing up, relationships, abuse, but 
it, it is so disempowering. And here this difference, right? Because I've had both types of clients. So I've had the type of client that comes in, you know, I can't have what I want because of my spouse or my boss or my kid or my diagnosis or because of how my bank account looks right now. Hear how disempowering that is. And then there's a the type of client that they, they take that story and they recognize, wait a minute. This is what's real now, but that's not what has to still be real in a month, three months, six months, a year, a decade. I'm an active participant. I was doing my best, but it doesn't mean I'm not an active participant in engaging with what keeps me disempowered, right? So there's another type of client that says, listen, I get, here's my situation and I get that I must have a part in it. And it doesn't mean it's your fault, but it is your work to transform the experience of life you're having. And we don't need to transform the external. It's not about giving bad behavior a free pass. It's not about pretending like the, the bullshit isn't bullshit. It is. It's bullshit. <laughs> and we're not going to do you any favors by having you put your energy into trying to change the external. We're going to look at what are you telling yourself that's keeping you held hostage in this scenario? What are you telling yourself that's keeping you from believing you can have better or more? I work with you on you tapping into what you do have control over and how powerful you are so that you can interrupt the patterns you've been finding yourself in without being in a, what my coach would describe as a seek and do not find game with yourself, trying to change things that you have no business and no control over changing anyway. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to look at too is uh, is the, the faith and faith in oneself and higher powers, whatever you want to call it, whatever works for that person. But that is hugely important. But I think like in, in a world and I, I, I appreciate and love science and I think it's, it's, it's very helpful and useful. But there's also another aspect that, that science cannot touch upon and that's that's faith. And so when, when we see uh, the placebo effect where people get better without, they think they're taking medication, but they're not. And they just get better because of their faith in their own healing. And I think that's something we, we need to tap into more and just kind of trusting things, ourselves, the universe, the, where we are. And there's a lot of mistrust though, and there's a lot of skepticism and so on. So what would you say, how can we uh, increase that? It's hard, it's a very hard thing to do in many yeah. cases, but it's yeah. also, it can happen overnight and it can be simple again. So it's, right. it's, it's right. very odd, yeah. Right, and this is a whole lesson in the emotional survival kit, just so everyone's aware, on faith. But I don't think we can have a conversation with faith without also talking about commitment. Because think about the person that's getting better from the placebo effect. They're committed to healing. So before we're looking at faith, let's talk about, are you committed to healing or are you committed to your pain? Because you can't be in both places at the same time, right? So from a faith perspective, if we're approaching faith with a commitment to healing, and here's my personal definition, I have faith that life's going to get better because I am committed to getting better and better and better and being my best and doing my best and making the best of every moment, not just the ones that are my preference, not just when life is going my way, but I am certain and I am committed to and confident that life's going to keep getting better and my experience of life will keep getting better because I I am committed to healing and to my life and to my best. And then from there, I let it be enough. Now, let's also talk about faith from the perspective of informed and 
blind faith, right? So, you know, I don't think we're asking people to just have blind faith, like cross your fingers, leap and the net will appear. That's one approach. But I think what's way more um, supportive, for lack of a better word, is to recognize, and, and it's so cliche, cliche, but it's so worth saying, you've never not survived what you thought might kill you right? So let's just acknowledge that. You're so much more powerful and capable than you realize. Let's just acknowledge that. I mean, I remember being a single mom with a two-year-old getting out of this domestic violence marriage, going bankrupt, not trusting one bit that I was going to be able to pull this off or, or figure this out. Not one part of me believed I could, but I had faith that if I committed to figuring it out and finding a way that I would, but I wasn't BSing myself about the, the very real situation I found myself in, right? So you can, you can remember you can go back to your education, your life experience that you've already had, and you can see, wait a minute, how much have I already survived? How much have I already come through that I didn't believe I could? What have I already accomplished? This is a great assignment I give my clients, and it, it's a big one, but make a list of 50 home runs. What are 50 things you've accomplished? And if you can't find any, you're just committed to seeing yourself as incapable. You have accomplished so much. And I don't care how small it feels, right? You, you've, you've gotten up. You've not stayed down. If you're on this podcast with us, you've accomplished some things, but how much are you giving yourself that credit? Not in an arrogant way, but in a way of remembering who you really are, not who you're afraid you are, right? And not adapting down because everybody around you is too, and it's normal and it's comfortable, but letting yourself reach for a vibration that is beyond what you know, and maybe even beyond what your circle is living. It's okay. You're here to blaze your trail. That path doesn't exist yet. And you can have faith that if you just let yourself one step at a time, one baby step at a time, right? Make the next correct decision for you. Inevitably, you're going to end up somewhere that you can feel proud of and you can be proud of, you know, not getting too far ahead of yourself. I teach in the emotional survival kit. One of the tools is also a flashlight because I just want people focusing their inner light on the next right step for them. Don't think you've got to change everything all at once. Don't think you have to like overwhelm yourself by knowing exactly, you know, what the next 20 steps or 200 steps are going to be. Just find one at a time that's right for you. And every choice you make, it's a yes or it's a no. And if it's a yes, trust it. <laughs> Nothing bad's going to happen when you follow your yes. I, I love to say this too. Authenticity never threatened anything. It just shows you what's real. Inauthenticity, that's you killing off your own spirit. And you can be educated in your pursuit of faith that it will be worth it and that you're enough and that life can get better because you're committed to getting better. Yes. And when, when you uh, tell yourself, I can't go on, I'm stuck, I can't do it. But there's a voice that says, yes, you can. Yes, you can deal with this. And I think that is really to listen to that voice. And it's 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 a it's a tiny voice inside. But there's one thing that always like pushes us. And we do want to survive. We do want to get better. And just paying attention to that. And just as you talk about blind fat, 
faith. I'm, part, I'm, I'm thinking back of like university years where I had uh, a friend of mine who said that uh, she would uh, um, not study and pray that she gets a good grade. I was like, why not combine the two? Why right. do your studying <laughs> and pray? And that's like win-win situation. Either way, you're yeah. going to succeed. And I think that's important too. It's not just like, yeah, uh, things will take care uh, of, of itself. No, you have to do your part too. And I think that is hugely important. And free will, as you mentioned, it's really important that right. we do the work and the right. rest will fall into place. Absolutely. And when you're suffering, here's what you can know. You've age regressed in that moment. You're not the adult in any moment that you're stressed or suffering. You have age regressed to an age where you felt like you couldn't handle the moment in front of you. And we fight with ghosts, with different characters in different costumes in different scenarios. But it's the dynamics that are hurting you. And it's the dynamics that inside of you, you have the power to transform. And I just want everyone to hear that because... We're not inviting you to go practice blind faith or to, you know, make the best of bad situations. You have the opportunity to heal up these ages that you got stuck in and to release the emotions that got stuck. And that's how you become free. And that's how you don't need life to be different than it is. And I talk about in the book, that's my definition of a miracle when nothing needs to be different because you're in an experience of not just gratitude but literally loving and blessing and appreciating the moment you're in exactly as it is. And that is possible. And again, it doesn't excuse bad behavior. It doesn't give those abusers a free pass, but it does let them win when you won't let yourself get to the place where you're emotionally clear and free, even with whatever it is that happened mm -hmm. and you get to win. I don't want them to win. I want your past to win. I want you to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, connecting with that and 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 trusting it, letting let be led by that. I think that is hugely important. And then when I look at the, the title of your book, I find it kind of interesting that you can actually, depending on what you stress on, it changes the, the, the meaning slightly. And I just want to see your input about that. So uh, a roadmap to healing from pain, and that's fine, to create the life you want, to create the life you want, to create the life you want. <laughs> or to create the life you want. Now, uh, which of these would you say is the case? Or is it all of them? And oh, my goodness. <laughs> no one has asked me this yet. And I love it. So I think it's whatever empowers you the most. But here's what I know for sure. You always have the ability to create moment to moment. The experience of life you're having. You don't necessarily always have the ability to create changing external details. Like I couldn't change that. I had basically a terminal cancer diagnosis. They gave me a 5% chance to live. I couldn't change that, but I could change whether or not I was living to live or living to die, whether or not I was going to connect to my power and ability to create whatever I wanted with the life I had left. So you're never not able to create. And you're never not still alive as long as you're still breathing. And if you're best in a moment, it's just going back to your breath and focusing on, I still have life. I'm still here. I salute you. I celebrate you. If your best in a day is, is going and volunteering and serving humanity, great. If it's living your purpose, great. But whatever it is, you're creating the life you want breath by breath, moment to moment. And your ability to do that is 
never going to be threatened. And you don't have to let circumstance have you believe that right now your life doesn't get to be yours, that right now you need to be put on hold in your own life or held hostage in your own life. It's just never the case. Now, if you're in a place where you don't even know if you want to keep living, my heart goes out to you because I have been there. But just consider, it might not be that you don't want to live. It might be that you don't believe you have the power to create a life beyond the pain. And I am here to say, if I can do it, so can you. Every one of us can. And it's about reaching out and connecting. And so for some of you, the best thing you could do is create some type of support for yourself. And maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's my book. Maybe it's my course. Maybe it's all of it. But find something, some way to support yourself and to see there's possibility beyond what you've realized for yourself. And you're more powerful than any moment. So, you know, this title is about instead of just creating an experience that the pain is inevitable or has to mean less of a life, you can create what you want for yourself in that moment. Get intentional and get committed to being the person that creates the experience of life you want to have. And say out loud, I have no use for this stress. I have no use for this stuck. I have no use for forgetting that I have the power to create my life my way right now always. I love it. What a wonderful discussion, right? Uh, so the, the book is, again, coming back to life, a roadmap to healing from pain to create the life you want, or again, any other intonation that you prefer. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the Emotional Survival Kit course sounds also fascinating. And uh, thank you so much, Rebecca Sons, for being here on Rasha's World. Again, I want to remind everyone, you're a coach in emotional healing and relationships, and again, author and uh, course creator and many, many things more. Yeah, well, and Arash, I can't thank you enough for having me. If you're interested in even my free masterclass, The Trigger Trauma and Release Method, go to RebeccaSilence.com. You can also access the book there. You can also access the Emotional Survival Kit there. But RebeccaSilence.com is a wealth of resources at every price point for you. And we would love to continue the relationship with you, everyone watching, and, and join us on this Healing is Possible journey. Because while it isn't promised, it is possible, not just in general, but for you. It's possible for you. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you.